In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What did you make of the first reading? It seems so bizarre. We heard about the spectacle of a mentally ill slave girl shouting at the top of her lungs, giving an unwelcome endorsement of Paul and his companions. It was certainly not something Paul invited or wanted. He had a choice. He could just try to ignore her and go about his religious ministry, which was preaching about Jesus to whoever would gather at the place of prayer, or doing something about the crazy woman who dogged his every step. And Paul made a choice. He brought healing to her, although an unwelcome result was getting beaten up and then landing in jail. As I pondered that reading, my first reaction was to wonder what relevance it could possibly have for us. And then I remembered an item I saw in a church newspaper some years ago, and I'd like to share that story with you this morning. It was at this time of year when colleges have final exams and graduations that a curious thing happened at a seminary in the Midwest. When it was founded in the middle of the 19th century, the school was located what we'd call out in the country. But 150 years later, that area could best be described as an urban slum with a combination of poverty, drug abuse, and gang warfare made just being there a dangerous thing. Plans had been made to move the school to a new location, but that wasn't scheduled to happen for another year. At that seminary, one particular course played a central role in whether students graduated or not, and so whether they could go on and be ordained or not. The title of the course was Pastoral theology, and that's a term that could mean anything or nothing. According to the syllabus, it included an emphasis on a thorough knowledge of the Bible, as well as theological doctrines concerning the nature of the church, together providing the basis of why and what priests were expected to be and do in their ministries. The final exam was famous for being lengthy and difficult. Because the neighborhood posed such a real danger, the seminary buildings were kept locked and kept open only at specified times. On the day of the exam, the door to the building where the test would be given was partially blocked by a man sitting on the steps. He was dirty and unshaven, reeked of alcohol, and looked as if he had slept in his clothes for many days. As the students arrived, anxious to get inside before the doors were locked, 
the man reached out asking for money. One by one, the seminarians brushed by intent on getting to the exam. At the very last minute, just before the doors were to be closed, one student came rushing up the stairs, but hearing the man's plea, stopped and then sat down next to him. As they talked, the seminarian could hear the sound of the door being locked, and then he knew that he wouldn't be able to get in and take the exam. Two days later, the class assembled, expecting to receive their now-graded exam booklets, but none were returned. Instead, the professor announced that, in fact, the lengthy questions to which they had all written responses had nothing to do with the actual exam. It's not hard to imagine the puzzled looks on the students' faces. But then the professor added that one student, and only one, had passed the real exam, the one who took the time to stop and talk with the supposed derelict who actually was an actor hired for the occasion. The two stories we've considered have something in common, making a choice. Paul chose between healing a deranged woman or carrying out his religious ministry of preaching. The seminarian's choice was between caring about a suffering man or completing a step toward ordination to the priesthood. Jesus said there are two great commandments, love God and love your neighbor. From our vantage point, both Paul and the seminarian would seem to have been right in line with our Lord's teaching. I don't know if Paul had any second thoughts because he wound up in jail as a result of his choice. I don't know if the seminarian had second thoughts in the period between not being able to take the exam and thinking it ruined his chances for graduation before he learned otherwise. But it wouldn't be surprising if either one wandered, wondered, at least for a time, Have you ever had moments in your life when you wondered? When you weren't really sure what the right thing to do might be? Or perhaps thinking that having made a choice, you made the wrong one. One of my favorite hymns is by Samuel Wesley. At first glance, both the words and the music are deceptively simple but both have stuck in my mind, usually bobbing up to the surface when I'm faced with making a choice and I'm just not sure what to do. Maybe you know the hymn too. It starts, lead me, Lord. Lead me in your righteousness. Make your way plain before my face. It would be so nice if God's response was a letter fluttering down from above saying, Dear Al, this is what you should do. 
And that's never happened to me. But what does happen is that belatedly, I remember that God is there in the quandary itself. And that the way God tends to work is through people, family, trusted friends, even priests. The choices we make are important. But what matters even more is having faith, believing that God cares and is always with us. Because God is. Amen. Amen.